Welcome to the last Wednesday of the week, the multi-tool of sports podcast where we bring you the highlights of the week just gone, the highlights of the week ahead, and usually we get stuck into some meaty subjects. But today we are hot off the press, off the back of England v the Czech Republic. And so we're going to dive in, literally dive into that game, pardon the pun, on the intro. And so it's a rapid reaction show, the first, I'm sure, of many to come across the lifespan of this podcast. So join me, Dan. Ben and Simon on this, the last Wednesday of the week. Yes, here we are, just minutes after the final whistle went on the England-Czech Republic game in the final group stages, in the, in the final throws of the group stages of the Euros 2020. Ben and Sai, I know you've got a lot to talk about about the England performance today um, and the surrounding detail of the matches, but um, let's have a rapid review of the highlights of the week just gone because there is still some life outside of football, isn't there, Ben? Yes, that is. Come to me first. We go straight into golf. Uh, so John Rahm won his maiden, um, his maiden slam, his maiden major. He won the U.S. Open um, in really impressive style. He got back-to-back birdies on seventeen and eighteen to wrap it up. Uh, the uh, The last day was set up beautifully. All of the top players in the world, or the majority of them, were there. McElroy, Ustazen, Kwepka, DeChambeau, and uh, John Rahm himself, fresh off his COVID loss of $1.8 million we spoke a couple of weeks ago. Still hurts. He was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He punched the air the last couple of rounds. Uh, he deserved it. McElroy faded quickly with a with a bad couple of plays on uh, the 11th hole. And it was a sad not to see Ustazen win another, because I do like little Louis, the South African. Um, but well done, John Rahm. He is going to win many more majors, uh, and they go to St. George's in a month, I think. Excellent. So what, what have you had going on over the weekend, just gone? Well, just to carry on with Rahm, just briefly as well, I'd like to also say that I think he came out of isolation like two days before the start of the tournament, which in itself is absolutely crazy. Um and yeah, I mean, well done to the guy. Um, poor Richard Bland couldn't keep up his form as well. My, my new <laughs> favourite golfer was so close. He was leading after the second round. Do you think he but had that... one of those cheap plastic putter things you get, like from the the gadget shop in his room that helped him? I think it has to be the case. Yeah. Um, but going back to John Rahm, I think ultimately this is good for the Ryder Cup as well. Let's be honest. Really Absolutely. Uh, John Rahm for me is the best golfer in, in world golf right now. He's also a wonderful, wonderful chap. Uh, looks like he's got a beautiful family, had his baby in the hands at the end when he walked off. He had the clubhouse lead, didn't know he'd won it, and then Ustazen uh, couldn't compete with his six under. Uh, great championships. Well done. Torrey Pines, it was played out. Beautiful. Perfect. So also, um, going off from one sport which involves no contact to a sport that involves a lot of contact, a lot of people jumping on each other's faces. So <laughs> American football, um, obviously they're wearing helmets, so don't worry about that. Um, Carl Nassib has come out uh, on an Instagram post, I believe two days ago now, um, saying that he was gay. Uh, he is the first American football player to ever come out who's sorry i should say active player there was there was a a fella a few years ago but he never actually made it to the nfl but first active nfl player to ever come out as gay uh he thought it was the right time to do it he thought that it was a um a time to show leadership and be a guiding light for for those who are too fearful 
too cautious about i mean reputations and everything to um you know devise their the sexual orientation and i think great great news for the guy uh, he also did a a uh, big donation to a suicide prevention group, I believe, charity. Um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. A hundred thousand dollars as well, and fantastic news. It's the, the crazy thing, and the way I kind of look at it though is that this is the best news that shouldn't be news, if you know what I mean. Yeah. In terms of this is something that you know no one should really care about because it shouldn't be a big deal, but it is a big deal because you know this is something that's been coming and uh you know has has been needed for such a long time and i'm glad we got to this stage where someone feels brave enough and supported enough to come out yeah to echo what nasib said he actually said that this shouldn't be a thing the whole coming out procedure shouldn't be a thing you know people should it, it doesn't make it it shouldn't matter it shouldn't make a difference whatsoever but it does now and if he said people like himself can persuade others or, or build the community that way, then it's it's only a positive. Um, the, the guy speaks really well. Looks like he's an incredible ambassador for the sport. Uh, gay or not, doesn't matter. The guy uh, really knows his words and uh, well done to him. And uh, good luck in the upcoming NFL season. There's, um, I caught a bit of this on Twitter earlier, Si, and you'll, you, you might have to forgive me and help me out with the pronunciation of this person's surname. Uh, Ex-NBA player John Amici. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, uh, he was on a podcast recently, and, and th- this quote I thought was wonderful from him, talking about uh, this um, uh, Nasib and um, or Nasib, Nasib. Um, he said, there's a young person with a greater sense of hope today because of this young man. Hmm. Essentially, That's... what he's done is is built hope for people that can now look up and go, ah, oh, someone like me doing stuff that I enjoy, that I want to do, and I can be there because he is. And that's, you know, that's why it's so important that it's, it's normalized. We are going to uh, get stuck into a post-mortem of England v Czech Republic. I know. Uh, ben, so you wanted to pick up on a couple of other details surrounding a bit of the pre-game uh, today. So something I've labelled uh, COVID-gate that um, I'm sure everyone will understand what I'm talking about. So Billy Gilmore, was, um, who was uh, the young 20-year-old Scottish midfielder who uh, basically ran rings around us after our horrendous performance against Scotland, um, tested positive um, for the coronavirus. Um, he was, after the game, congratulated by a couple of his teammates, Mason Mount and uh, Ben Chilwell. Uh, and they apparently spent, uh, according to government guidelines, two minutes longer than should be uh, required uh, in his presence. And that was enough for them to be forced into isolation. Bizarrely, though, no Scottish players were ever... <laughs> <laughs> put into isolation um after tonight's performance where they lost 3-1 i mean maybe that was better if they'd all gone into isolation but Ooh. i mean it seems a little bit of an odd situation that two uh two england players who were around him for 20 odd minutes were in isolation but you know the teammates that he shares a locker room a bus you know potentially accommodation with apparently none of those needed to be isolated Oh. I have a theory. I have a theory that the uh, person making these rules, or whatever the reason was for this um, uh, this exposure rule, was actually an English fan and just wanted there to be a change in English personnel, so force Gareth Southgate to drop Mount uh, and therefore start Grealish. Well, we know that COVID moves in mysterious ways. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it avoids schools and pilot events, but, you know, catches England players in tunnels. So that's what happens. It's going to get you. Yeah. It's going to get you. It is. Um, joking aside, COVID is still having an ongoing impact uh, in sport, um, as we've seen with this. And, of course, uh, as the games go on, um, it's how we're starting to see more fans as well. And that's one thing I really took away from today's listening to today's game and actually the last couple of games I've watched, here in a crowd. And it's not the biggest football watcher. You, I realised I've missed it. I've missed hearing that noise, hearing that chant. And when we get to 60,000 fans in the semi-final, it's going to be quite something, isn't it? Yeah, I think the atmosphere was a bit, bit dire tonight, in all honesty. But the Scotland game proved it was absolutely quality. Um, and yeah, they're talking about 60,000 as the pilot event. That's a lot of people, isn't it? I don't know what's going to happen in honesty. Like you say, COVID moves in mysterious ways. <laughs> I'm sure there's some turns yet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So going with what you were saying about crowds, Dan, um, you know, it, certain grounds around around Europe who've been used in this, this competition have been really, really... Um, you know, success for some of the crowds have been fantastic. I mean, you looked at the Hungary crowd, for example, they were, they were absolutely annoyed. I mean, obviously 60,000 of them in this, in that Puskas arena, but I mean, you know, amazingly noisy, noisy fans. Um, but on the other hand, yeah, England, not so much at the moment, but is that something to do with the football? I think, you know, you know, will we, will we discuss this kind of going on a little bit, but do you think that maybe Gareth Southgate has a little bit of a, uh, you know, a kind of part to play in and why the crowd isn't necessarily getting behind the team consistently. Yeah, I, I, I perhaps go with that a little bit. And and before the show, I was talking to you about, you know, I've not watched a huge amount of the games of the Euros, not as, as, you know, as much as you both have. And you're constantly, and other people are constantly telling me about how good some of the games are. I watched a the highlights of um, is it the, the Danish game uh, this mm. morning. That was wonderful. It's glorious game. goals left right and center great game um and then watched a full 90 minutes of england and i was just like oh, right okay it's over now good right i can move on get on with the rest of my night but boring but effective ben well gareth southgate has mapped the euros this might sound strange but he's looked at how you win football competitions and scoring five goals each game is not how you win football competitions. It might sound counterproductive, but the teams that win are the teams that grind out results. You know, you go back, Italy, 2006 World Cup, defended. Portugal, the last Euros, defended. Um, it is about France, World Cup, you know, world champions. They, they defended their way there with Kante and a strong defence. Yes, they had beautiful attackers, incredible pace, etc. But that's what he's looking to do. Three clean sheets now. It is boring football. If we'd done this podcast two hours ago, I would have been bouncing off the walls about <laughs> some exciting football. Saka, Grealish, why wow, it's all going on. The last 45 minutes of that game were dreary. Dreadful, I think is the word. Dreadful. <laughs> all right, let's, let's, let's get into this game then. So, um, like you said, Ben, at the beginning, huge excitement. You got, you know, you talked about the players there that drove that excitement. Uh, and it did start that way, didn't it? There was energy. And, and it was a very different England to, to watching against Scotland, wasn't it? And there was there was a good energy. There was a good um, presence on the pitch, um, yeah. you know, if I can use that. 
Yeah, absolutely. It changed. What a wonderful opening 20 minutes, 25 minutes. It was brilliant. Uh, we started Grealish. Um, Gareth Southgate also started Saka. Um, you know, so you had Saka, Grealish and Sterling behind Kane. I liked it. Um, very surprised that Saka got in ahead of Sancho. Incredibly surprised by that. And we'll pick up that point a little bit later on. Um, Sterling absolutely started the game brilliantly and got his goal uh, some would say the old adage that form is temporary and class is permanent. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the reason for playing Sterling. He's got two games in three, two goals rather in three games now. Looked very lively, especially in that first half. Um, and Maguire back at the heart of defence. Maguire and Stones uh, are strong. There's a good partnership there, and I'm not too worried about Pickford at the moment. He's not made any crazy flaps at the ball, so. All in all, based especially on the first half an hour of football, really promising, especially when you think you know, you've know you got Foden to bring on, you've got Sancho to bring on, Bellingham, Hendo. You've got so much wealth, uh, depth of strength on the bench. If anything, well, was it Pickford they, they referred to as having strong wrists? <laughs> strong wrists, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Knowing goal exactly keeper. how they were describing that. <laughs> You'd, you'd hope they have strong wrists. So. Yeah. He did uh, He did flap at one, just to correct, if I remember rightly, he had a bit of a weak punch. Uh, was it middle of the second yeah. half? Which has yeah, been, second half. Was the yeah. only thing. So kind of Pickford showing that maybe don't don't get too comfortable. I think that was a, you know what, just just be aware that I can still f- like massively fuck up. So um, <laughs> Yes. But yeah, I mean, yes, he has been pretty strong so far. He, I mean, that one save against Scotland from, was it Donaldson? Um, cracking save, uh, threw him some bodies, you know. So he's played well so far. Um, and yeah, defensively, we look solid. I think a couple of set pieces in the first half, it looked a little bit touch and go. A couple of goal mouth scrambles that, you know, maybe if the ball had rolled kindly to a Czech player, we might have been had a different story this day. We'd be going through in second or third place. Oh, no, we wouldn't have gone in third place. We'd have only gone in second place because the Croatia couldn't go above us. But, um, yeah, so kind of, yeah, I think defensively we've looked great. I think I think it's further up the field. Um, it, it really depends on where he goes next with this team. I think Mounts and Chilwell are definitely out for the next game under the isolation rules, and that might affect who he selects. Maybe Grealish stays in, hopefully. It- yeah, I, I think that's the cusp, the 28th. I think they could technically come back, and I do hope that Grealish stays in. I want to get on to Grealish in a minute, um, but I, I want to say that about the defence, yes, strong, solid, but man, Walker and Shaw, backwards, backwards, backwards we go. There were signs um, that England were trying to move the ball forward, especially in the first half. Um, strange that this is... It was something I'm about to say, given the beginning, you know, all the talk around Trent and taking all these right backs. Our weakest position on the pitch is at fullback. And I don't know why. We've got some of the best fullbacks in Europe. And Walker has been awful for three games. And sure, he he looks just disinterested. He looks bored. I thought Shaw was all right in the first half. I thought he linked pretty well with Grealish at times. Uh, I yeah. thought they 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 looked pretty productive down down that left side when uh, Jack drifted over there. Um, but yeah, but to be honest though, it was the same in the Scotland game. Reese James, um, you know, same sort of situation. I'm wondering if this is actually more tactical than player personnel. I'm wondering if they've been told not to venture too far forwards. In which case you know, we're losing one of our biggest strengths because maybe 
uh, fullbacks is not our strongest area, but these are guys that can attack and these are guys that can, you know, put in a good ball. And I've not seen any of that so far. And I'm I'm just I'm just wondering if it's it's still part of the the grand plan of grinding out these results. If this is if that is true and that's right, then Trent Alexander Arnold will never play football on the Southgate at international level because he can only go forward. He can't go backwards. And if you are going backwards, you are defending. Why not take the best defensive right back in the Premier League, Aaron Wambasaka? If you're mm. going to sit back, why didn't you put him on the on the on the plane? I, I, I still I don't understand why we're playing Walker every game. I want to see James come back into the squad for the next game. I know in that first half, we did try and get the ball forward. You could see we were trying to make an effort. You're absolutely right. Shaw did so, uh, show some great glimpses and some balls over the top for Sterling. Stuff he does for Rashi uh, on a weekly basis at uh, in Manchester. There were good signs. Uh, I want to pull up a point and I want to move the conversation on, if that's okay, and ask you, pick the brain, Saka, 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 Sai. I've got to say, everyone's eyes are on Jack Grealish for the start of the game. You know, and Jack Grealish created some good chances obviously he uh, got an assist for the goal but Saka was so lively I think perfect example of a player just grabbing a chance with both hands you know just just going for it because he was quality he was bright he was energetic he was all over the field I mean you couldn't go a couple of minutes without hearing his name and um, you know, I, I'm wondering why, why Sancho's not getting a chance but Saka really put his name into the hat for a start in the next game um, I'm guessing that obviously uh, Sancho won't get a chance because I'm guessing Rashford has, I don't know, compromising pictures of Gareth Southgate in a cardigan rather than a waistcoat or something that is causing <laughs> him to uh, <laughs> to not get picked because I don't know why Sancho's not playing. Um, but yeah, Saka's been absolutely fantastic in this game. And I, I think, you know, two performances for England, one in the friendly and one tonight. He's been really, really good. So as, as someone that um, obviously doesn't know the players, don't know their strengths, don't know how these things come together as to, to form the whole particularly well, from what you're saying, is is the possibility that, that Southgate is playing this effective um, strategy to get the team solidly through, like comfortably do what it needs to do, be a machine, get it as far as it can, and then when it comes up against an immovable object, maybe in the next round, whatever, we, whoever we face then we've got creative options and we can bring out some flair and do something different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would sort of go along with that, um, that ideology. The issue is if Sancho's not played any minutes by that point, he's going to be rusty. He came on today and played seven minutes and chased two balls. It, what's the point? You know, he has to have minutes under his belt, you know, in the last game against Scotland, when you got Sterling playing so badly to not then look and make changes is very strange. I think, I, listen, Gareth has an idea. He has a way of playing football. Um, it, it's I don't want to compare it to Mourinho because he's very different styles, but it, it's that thing for fans where you look and go, I wish we were Netherlands. I wish we were scoring four goals and conceding two. But in reality, we don't concede goals. We rarely lose under Southgate. He's got us to a World Cup semi-final. Granted, basically beat also runs, no offence to Tunisia, Panama and teams like that. Mm. But this, he's got us through the group stage. Now, the next game is going to be a massive European heavyweight side. What is he going to do then? Well, the question is, I, I think, um, is yes, we've ground it out against these so-called smaller sides. Um, but 
you know, the thing is, if you have you play this functional football, yes, you might be able to get some results against good sides. But when you don't play well, you really, really don't play well. And I could find if we start playing like we've played for 60, 70, 80% of the uh, three games so far, we are going to get absolutely wiped off the park by, a, you know, a France or a Germany or whoever finishes second in Group F. And, you know, I worry for us a little bit. I'm, I'm glad we won the group. I, I think this is the best road for us, playing at home all the way to, uh, you know, at Wembley now for the whole thing will be good for us. Um, and obviously, if we do get through this next game, we've got a, an easier route to the final. I think if we'd come second, we would have had possibly France in the quarterfinal, France or Germany in the quarterfinals, and then Belgium in the semis. So it would have been a harder route. So that's something to be bullish about. But we've got to get through this game. And I think playing the football we've played isn't going to work. I think if we do end up going behind early, that we'll have to we're going to have to chase the ball the game a little bit more. But you know, should we have to go behind to start playing football? I mean, it's it's a it's a a worrying thing, and I don't know. I think looking at the one thing I, lo- I don't like about the team at the moment is we play two defensive midfielders at all times. It's so negative. Jose Mourinho isolated it the other day on Talksport and considered it negative. Jose Mourinho. <laughs> I mean, in itself, crazy to uh, to behold. Pot but kettle black. I know. So. I don't think it's the way to go, you know, long-term. We then took Jack Grealish off and we had three defensive midfielders on. We had Bellingham, we had Hendo, as I've now called myself in a, a mocking way, because <laughs> Ben and I had a bit of a a, a, um, a spat. signal argument earlier about the world-class <laughs> or not element it's, of It's of probably Henderson. useful to, that our listeners know that it's a good thing that we're recording this remotely, judging by the conversation earlier. <laughs> <laughs> It is true. Yeah, and, and Phillips. So, I mean, it was just, uh, it was just, it just got more negative. And I mean, we didn't even have a shot in the second half. I mean, we had a, I had a goal that maybe on a, on a luckier day we would have got from the world class midfielder, um, Henderson. Um, but in the end, it, it didn't come off. And, um, yeah, it just really poor second half. Uh, I don't know. I think opening 20 minutes, like, like Ben said earlier, we would have all been, you know, happy going into this thing with a whole different taste in our mouths but just watching the second half especially it was just absolutely woeful the thing is the Czechs didn't really come out and play that much in the second half either so so you alluded to some of the combinations um, you know there's still a, a lot to happen in group f essentially we, we've got one of four teams to play still um it could mm-hmm. be any of the four um who are, who are you hoping for and who's it most likely to be well, I'm hoping for Hungary, but I can't see that being the case. Um, yeah, um, I think most likely, I think that France beat Portugal because I think Portugal have been inconsistent. And I think Germany definitely beat Hungary. So I think it's got to be Hungary in the next round. Um, I don't know what Ben thinks, but um, I think it's, it's definitely Germany, uh, England, Germany in the last 16. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, that's the thing, as, as Dan says. I mean, it can be any permutation of, of how this ends up, really. I mean, any side in theory. I mean, no one thought Hungary were going to get a draw against France, took the lead against France. So, Yeah, you know, I, I think, I think that knows? was the shock of the tournament, that that, that roar uh, when the players uh, ran over to the fans and they they smashed this, uh, this, journalist, this female journalist, desk and she was like she didn't know what was going on she didn't see this horde of players just running over to her and the the uh, the interaction was absolutely fantastic she was just so alarmed and then realized what was going on and it was 
It was so wholesome. Um, <laughs> but I think in reality, uh, I don't want to play Germany. I'd rather play France or Portugal. I'll tell you this why. Mm. Germany play those two wing-backs to devastating fashion with Muller and Gnabry in the middle. <sighs> I am f- genuinely frightened. They bought Goretzka off the bench with 10 minutes to go. Goretzka, one of the best central midfielders in the world football right now off the bench. I mean, that's the depth that they've got. Incredible depth. I think France are beatable by England because of the way we defend, the way we play, and the pace that we have against Pavard and Dean. Um, I do think that they are. we can get at them. Um, I don't think Kimpembe and Varane are... Uh, completely invincible, even though they've got Kante patrolling in front. Um, I don't want Germany. That's the one I'm scared about. Mm. Portugal, I don't care. Portugal are, I mean, you can score against Portugal goals. Uh, Germany ripped them apart, absolutely devastated them. Mm. It could have been way more. It was actually best game of the tournament so far. I loved it. I think was it 4 2 or something like that yeah, in the end? Yeah, it could have been way more. Mm. Ronaldo was having fun in the first half. Jota looked great. And then, you know, Germany just ripped them off the park. Uh, I don't want Germany. I'll say that now. I do not want Germany. So come 10 o'clock tomorrow night uh, or 10 o'clock-ish, it will all become clear as to who we face Tuesday at 5pm next week. So um, outside of England then, what else is happening in the tournament that's kept you excited and what's coming up that you're going to be keenly watching over the next couple of days and into the next stage of the tournament? Uh, Si, let's start with you. Well, I think just to kind of say what you were just piggyback on what you were saying, I think the best, you know, we have to wait the the winners of Group F uh, and Group E as well, I think. Um, it's a Group E with uh, the Spain, the kind of the boring group, actually, really. The Spain, toothless Spain, uh, you know, very, very cautious Southgate-esque Sweden, uh, Slovakia, a bit of the surprise aspect, and Poland, who have been, mm. you know, really disappointing as well. So, um, yeah, so that's going to be interesting. And then, obviously, we've got actually, I believe, two days off without football. So I'm going to be very upset. So Thursday, Friday, there is not a game of football. I mean, I think there's something like um, Finnish league football, but there's no no football of any note. So um, Dan's going to be mortified. Uh, And then back up on uh, on Saturday with every game, you know, just knowing what we've got to come, I think it's going to be very exciting. I'm hoping for some good games in the next round. Um, I'd rather than, I mean... One thing I have to say as well, and this is something I have to talk uh, to walk back a little bit, I completely shit on uh, Wales before the start of the tournament. Absolutely ripped them a new one. Said they weren't going to do anything. They were bad. Ben kept faith. Said they were going to finish second. <laughs> and they did. So anyone wants me to shit on their team, I will gladly do it. You will have to pay me some money though. So, so we've uh, got uh, well. Wales-Denmark coming on Saturday. So that, that's probably a game to watch then, isn't it? Because... Denmark has shown some flair and Wales mm. have exceeded your expectations, Si. So that's mm. probably one to watch yeah. this weekend, isn't it, Ben? Wales are probably going to go further than England. In reality, <laughs> we could face the world champions in the next round. We might lose. We could face Germany. We might lose. We could face Portugal, quite frankly, Ronaldo show. We might lose. We could Wales face are... Hungary and lose as well. Hungary, <laughs> yeah, to be fair. <laughs> Listen, England might go in the last 16. We need to be prepared for that. And that's okay. Listen, we're a progressing team. We've got a lot of young players. I know people think we're going to win it, but we're not the best team in the tournament. Not, not We're not close. Um, 
but Wales are much closer. <laughs> they play with passion, fight. They've got a great team unit. They all work well together. I've got a couple points. I think COVID is going to play some games yet, mm. like it has done. I think it's going to knock bigger players, no offense, than Gilmore. I think it's going to really affect the uh, apple cart, the right thing to say. Um, upset with the regard, apple cart, I think, is the phrase, isn't it? The yeah, apple it's cart. definitely up, upset the apple yeah. cart. I'm yeah. just getting so close to those phrases. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> going forward, the last 16, it becomes a knockout football. You get the jeopardy, you get the danger, you get the having to chase games and the you get penalties penalty shootouts you yeah. get all of these different things coming in it, it just it makes the, it's a recipe for great football england haven't been exciting to watch but we've got a knockout game next if we lose we're out if we draw we're going to an extra 30 minutes so it, it's nothing but exciting for football fans mm. uh and i really hope that uh, southgate looks at tonight and puts grealish in that starting 11 so that's what i'm looking forward to uh and tomorrow night's game i think it's uh, portugal france right yeah, yeah they're both on fantastic tomorrow. what a neutral that's mm. going to be yeah all right yeah. so final word on today's game then uh ben Walker, he's the weak link. I want to see James in. I want to see Trippier at left back. I want Grealish to keep his spot. But I do want to see Foden come back in for Saka. Otherwise, I'm pretty excited. I'm genuinely excited about our squad. Um, and I don't care who we face because it's going to be a great game and a fantastic one for the country uh, to get behind their team. Thanks, Sai. Um, well, I don't know if it's going to be a great game. We haven't seen one great England game so far, so um, I'm not hopeful yet. Um, yeah, I may be quite, not quite as bullish. I, I don't know how it goes. Um, what about Trippier at right back? That might be a good thing. I think one thing I noticed today was I have no idea who should be taking our set pieces. We've got, um, you know, we've got, I thought Phillips was taking some. Saka took a pretty woeful free kick or two. Um, I, yeah, I just wonder where that's going to go. And uh, I think maybe just bring Trippier in just for that. And I think, you know, he'd be an upgrade of a Walker. Um, sure. I think, I don't know. I think a lot of it's tactical rather than necessarily performance based on his part. But I mean, who knows? I, I have to agree. Trippier has to come in and I wrote that down earlier looking at it that I want to see Trippier in there because in the last 16, you need a dead ball specialist. I don't want 19 year old, uh, Saka whipping the ball in and hitting that first man. You need Trippier in for that. You saw the free kick in the World Cup. Um, so, fingers crossed. Was it against Colombia, I think, in the World Cup? Wonderful. No, he, his, his best free kick was against Croatia. Was it against Croatia? Of course yeah, it we was, went, yes. We went 1-0 up. Oh, we did, didn't we? Well, nearly the final of the World Cup. No, but I think Southgate knows this. He's, he's, he's traversed, he's got past, he's um, uh, took t taken England into the last 16. Let's be positive about that. What a big game coming up. There we go. So lots of excitement to come up in the Euros. And uh, by the sounds of it, what I'm getting is the boring but effective work is working. 
but there's been a little hint of excitement that could clash with the excitement of the last 16. So let's hope those uh, sparks meet where they should and we get some excitement. Um, let's move on then to the weekend ahead. Uh, we've talked about the Euros, so we don't need to go into that. Is there anything else happening this weekend that's taking you fancy before we wrap up this short but sweet rapid reaction show? Sai. So briefly, I'd just like to say about the NBA playoffs still going on. A um, couple of big shocks, actually. So the Milwaukee Bucks beat uh, the Nets, which was the the new super team, the Brooklyn Nets. So they are now out of the competition. Um, and they'll be playing the Atlanta Hawks, who are an upset themselves, having beat the number one seed uh, 76ers, uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So a couple of big upsets in the East. Um, yeah, some good games. And obviously it's the Clippers and my mind's gone completely blank as to who they're playing. But yeah, it's going to be fantastic and, you know, good for the future. Yeah, yeah I saw so. a very odd Ben Simmons play right at the end where I think he had a free basket and decided to pass it to his mate in front. Seemed all very odd. Mm. Um, are, is Milwaukee Bucks winning an upset? That's Antetokounmpo, right? Yeah, and by the way, it was the Phoenix Suns they're playing. I do remember now. I had a, a bit of a brain fart. Um, yes, so Giannis Antetokounmpo, two-time MVP, um, try saying that after a few beers. Um, he, uh, yeah, fantastic player. But, you know, the Brooklyn Nets had Harden, Durant. They had Kyrie Irving and, you know, just a wealth of talent. And, you know, the, the un, you know, unarguable favorite. So uh, for them to, to slip up and lose, and lose out in, uh, in seven games in a bit of a, a blockbuster final game. So, yeah, I'd say it is a shock, actually. I think the Milwaukee Bucks, they've... They've tried to fail to impress in the postseason for long term. And yeah, this is a bit of an upset, and it, but it's good. It's nice to see, and um, it's good to see the super teams not winning all the time because we don't like it to be too predictable. All right, Ben, anything on your horizon for the weekend ahead? No, but uh, one note to add. Fantasy Premier League went live oh, this week. And a quick little opener for people listening. We're obviously going to get a team on. We're going to get a last Wednesday of the week league. Ivan Tony, guess how much he is, Sai? So he should probably be, uh, I'd say 6.5, but I think he's going to be 6. 6.5. How good oh. is this guy? Unbelievable. <laughs> I think that's a bargain. 31 goals in the championship last season. I think Ivan Tony is going to be the one to watch for the bees in the Premier League. That's a Excellent. really good shout. There we go. So, uh, and, and Ben, you're going to make a, a song and dance of that on our Twitter aren't you encourage people to join us yeah we're going to get the FPL I'm going to start my team first uh, amass the Liverpool players start with the Egyptian King um, but yeah we'll get a, a fantasy of Premier League team uh, league set up for the podcast so don't forget to find us follow us subscribe tell your friends you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wednesday pod that's at Wednesday pod on Twitter and Instagram and we're always happy to have you along um the only other thing that's happening this weekend Si I know it's not your bag Ben um it's the Red Bull Ring we've got the Styrian Grand Prix uh the second of the triple header and the first of the back-to-back race in Austria and it's the round one of the W series, the supporting race, the female only uh, race series, the W series. It starts this weekend as well, broadcast live on Channel 4. So free to air TV, uh, which I'm really excited about. A lot of British talent in the field. 
Ben. Is that uh, Jamie Chadwick, right? Correct, yeah, reigning champion. W-series. We've got uh, a couple of others, yes. Jessica Hawkins, uh, who else we got there? Abby Eaton. So, yeah, some, some great British talent uh, in that, but some great racing altogether. And uh, you can watch that for free on Channel 4, so I'm really excited about catching that. But I really like the Red Bull Ring as a venue, um, so I'm excited about the racing this weekend. So that brings us to the end of this, the last Wednesday of the week. Uh, thank you, gents, for keeping it brief. I know that um, talking about how uh, England play can, um, can can take us on for some time. There's a lot to talk about, despite the boring but effective football there, Ben. Um, but suffice to say, plenty more excitement and undoubtedly upset for someone to come at some point over the next few weeks. Uh, so until this time next week, this is the last Wednesday of the week. Um, I've been Dan. I've been Simon. I've been Ben. Till next week. Be kind. Bye-bye. <laughs>